Podcast. This is Matt Shalava, and you're listening to the Road to Freedom Pod. You find me on Instagram and Twitter at Matt Shalava. And today is Wednesday, May 12th, 2021. And it has been a it's been a bit of a slower day, I guess. I, I got a notification this morning that eBay was holding my payments, which is kind of their their new thing that they just do every time that you have a good day of sales. So yesterday I had a great day of sales, which was awesome. Super, super pumped about that. And then this morning, eBay's like, hey, we have to check your payouts and make sure you're not doing something scandalous. So either way, that's that's really the, the biggest news of the day because other than that, I had a couple things sell, sell and, and that was good. But other than that, it's been slow. I mean, we had a release this morning and not really too much else. And so been a bit of a low-key day for me. I did get a considerable amount of work done at work, so that was good. And other than that, I'm just planning on getting some stuff done at home that I need to get done I have some stuff I need to fill out, like some forms I need to fill out that I haven't filled out yet for my day job. And then I have just a few things like getting some setups done for the weekend. And I'm going to try and just learn a little bit about how to list faster and different listing strategies and stuff like that that I can deploy to hopefully get my listings done quicker. And I I see a lot of people have a lot of, of ways of listing quickly and efficiently. And that's one of the things that I want to look at coming up here is how can I list faster? I think my average listing time is a few minutes. And if I could bring that down to a minute or below, that would be awesome just because I'd be able to get so much more time. I mean, think about it. If you could list every minute, if you get a listing done in in a minute, then that would be 10 listings in 10 minutes. And you would, a lot of people can't even do 10 listings in an hour. So it would be ideal if I could do that. I mean, and it doesn't have to be for like all sorts of different listings. Right now, I just want to be able to consistently get like sneaker listings down within a minute because they're so simple. There, the, the titles are, are relatively the same thing every time. And then the the descriptions and everything are pretty much the same for me every time I make a listing. So I could automate that, I just don't know how to yet. So I'm going to be looking into that a little bit as we move forward in trying to figure out what's the best way to automate that and get some automation in place for that, running some macros and stuff like that. Now I did see that eBay is implementing a new listing procedure or new way of listing I guess and everybody says it sucks so that's not ideal and the last thing I want to do is go and and spend all this time learning how to do something and then putting it in place to do eBay listings today and then tomorrow it change but that's kind of the it's kind of the way that we are we're at the mercy of the platform that we sell on whether that's eBay whether that's Amazon whether that's even whether you own like a Shopify site I'm, I'm sure Shopify sites have changed tremendously in the years since they've first became a thing so it doesn't really matter I mean it's not like you're going out and starting your own completely new platform and all that kind of stuff so things are going to change on any platform and you have to be kind of willing to roll with the punches there so either way I'm still going to learn it because I do need to learn just automation in general for my computer it would be nice there's a lot of tasks that I do that are extremely mundane and similar so I just have to do like the same thing every time whether that's generating proxies or whether that's um doing my podcast editing some of that stuff I've already automated and then some of the eBay listings and stuff like that that stuff could be automated because it's pretty similar all you'd have to do is like type it out in a spreadsheet and then run a macro to copy and paste it or or basically like yeah copy and paste the the correct items into the correct categories on eBay and stuff like that but I don't know how to do that yet so that's kind of one of my focuses for the upcoming 
I guess at least tonight I'm going to look at that a little bit if I get a moment and then getting some stuff photographed and hopefully making some more listings because the more I've been listing this week, the more I've been selling, which is the way it goes on eBay, but it's been really, really nice. It, it's like if you can get items that are replenishable or just get a bulk amount of an item, it's just good for your whole store because once you start selling that item and it starts selling consistently, well then you'll be able to sell more stuff around your store as well because it's like your your store's healthier and, and more eyes are getting on it so more people will be able to come in and buy the other things so like i had a jacket that's been sitting in my inventory for over a year now and it sold yesterday and i don't think it's coincidence i think two things kind of played into that one i relisted it yesterday so i'll manually delist and then relist almost every one of my listings every month just because i have the availability i have the extra listings and it's just i do like three or four a day and just take them down and then relist them. And that doesn't get all of them, but that gets pretty much all of them. I don't have a ton of listings in my store right now. And so I was able to do that yesterday and then got a bunch of the one item that I've had in sold. It's funny, I, I was just sitting there, I, I listed it, I relisted it on Sunday or I think it was, yeah, Sunday, maybe Sunday I listed it or Saturday, Saturday or Sunday, listed this item again and dropped the price by about 50 bucks. It's a pretty expensive item, but the average going rate was around the, the lower end of what I was listing at. So around the $50 off of what my original price was, that's where they were typically selling. So I listed it at that. It was still making good money, like 30, 40 bucks an item. So that was good. And it kept selling. So I jacked up the price to a little bit more, like 10 bucks more and moved up the price another 10 bucks. And then sales kind of halted for a little bit. And I was like, okay, this is probably a good sticking point. I'm going to leave it and see what happens. And if you sold and then it was like crickets for a little bit. And I thought, oh no, I just completely tanked my listing. I, I damaged it. Like it's no good anymore. The price is too much. People aren't going to look at it. And I think that was around when it had 500 views a few days ago or like a couple days ago. So probably Monday. And then I looked last night, it had 3,300 views and like 24 watchers. And it was just crushing it. I kept selling out of, of not selling out of it, but I kept selling a bunch of them and finally sold out today. So in that time, like 15 items gone, maybe even more. I think I may have had like 17 or 18 by the time the rest of them showed up at my house because I had some arriving as I was selling some of the items and more were coming in. So that was kind of nice and got some of those replenished, but sold out of them. And just goes to show if you want to move an item, the best thing to do is price it a little bit lower. And I, I talk about it all the time and I don't always follow my own advice because sometimes it does work out where I can sell it at the high end and keep selling it at the high end. But really the best way to do it is start at the low end and work your way up. So start selling it if it's a $200 item and people are selling it around 180 to 200 bucks, start selling around 180. After you sell a couple, if you got like 10 or 15 of them in, then move it up to 190 or 185. And then after that, 190. And then after that, 195. And then after that, 200. And even you can go above 200 sometimes. If it keeps selling, keep moving it up until maybe it slows a little bit and then kind of leave it and see what happens. And typically it will continue to sell at a slower rate, but it will still sell out and you'll have the one of the top listings on eBay, you'll be able to make money more money than most people are if they were to just go list it plain at the, the high end price. You need to get eBay to see that your listing is worth selling. That way they'll put it up and promote it to more people and show more people the item. And at that point when more people are seeing it and it's near the top of their search results and you have good pictures and a good listing, they'll buy it because I, I do the same thing. I mean, I just bought, I bought something on Amazon today. I was buying utility knives for like box cutters and stuff like just open boxes. I, I needed a bunch of them, not a bunch, but I needed like a few because I needed one for my storage area, one for my car for breaking out boxes and stuff like that whenever I get them in and stuff. So I had a few that I needed and I bought Craftsman because the, the brand and the listing looked more legitimate to me. Like the other one looked okay. There was just this random pack that was somebody for sure 
private list or private labeling these these box cutters but for me like craftsman's a, a pretty trusted brand compared to some random guy buying these things off of some wholesale like site in china and then throwing a label on them and throwing them on amazon like this is not i didn't feel like doing that and when stuff's like mechanical like that it's just i don't want cheap parts and i was reading some of the reviews and everybody's like these are really nice and the one guy was like these are really nice to go to change out the blade it's a complete pain so i kind of like stayed away from that but the point is the the craftsman listing looked better to me and it was five bucks more for all four rather than the i think it was like 15 bucks for four cutters for the the random listing and then the craftsman one was like 20 bucks if i want to get four so I ended up going with the $20 one just because it looked better to me, it looked cleaner to me, and the brand was better. And you want that on eBay. The same thing applies. I mean, branding is is very important on eBay, and I'm starting to realize that now, if your listings look very similar, so if you're putting similar backgrounds and similar uh, style of photos and things like that, and even similar items in your store, it gives you a lot more credibility, especially if you have good feedback and, and things like that. But really, the most important thing is making sure that your store looks uniform, making sure that it looks pleasing to the eye if somebody comes in there and they see that you have a black background then a green background then a purple background then a blue one then a white one like it's gonna be like they're gonna be like what in the world is this guy trying to do like this is so it's like they're trying to take some sort of it looks like they're taking all their photos on a green screen and then picking a random color every time like it doesn't look normal it's not uniform this isn't like you wouldn't go on amazon and see that so why would you do that on ebay and i i'm not necessarily saying that you need to have a white background as your ebay store because i was just watching a couple YouTube videos over the past week and one of the largest stores on eBay, Daily Refinement was talking about this, but one of the largest stores on eBay that sells cards takes all of their cards, pictures in front of a stack of slabs, of PSA slabs. So think about it, okay? PSA slabs, just a stack of them as the background. It almost kind of looks like corrugated metal if you're not really paying attention, which is like kind of what I thought it was for a second until I realized they were slabs. And it's not, it's not like a white background. It doesn't stick out. You're not getting any Google promotion through that. Like, like what's it matter? They, they are doing over 2,000 sales per day. So does it really matter? Like, do, do the white backgrounds matter? For, for all these people that are on Instagram talking about how white backgrounds important and they do, like, two sales a day, like, does it really, really matter? And I'm not saying I do one of two sales a day, but I am saying, like, this guy's doing 2,000. I'm, I'm going to stick with it doesn't really matter what your background looks like as long as you have a good process and good items and, and good listings, you're going to be fine. So just kind of keep that kind of stuff in mind too because like the the most <laughs> the most successful sellers are are doing their own thing their own way as long as it's working and productive for them and, and it needs to be efficient and stuff like that so just pay attention to that kind of stuff too because you don't want to get yourself caught up in in the uh the i guess just the minutiae of random ebay listing and stuff like that so either way there is something i want to talk about none of that stuff was really my main point the the real thing i want to talk about today is buying and how important buying is and and i'm mainly transitioning the way that i buy and i wanted to cover that real quick so me the way i used to buy when the way i first bought was very very sparingly because i had no money right none of us have any money when we're first starting unless you you had some saved up or maybe you just come from like a very affluent family or something like that but i didn't have any money okay i was in college i was using all the money that i made in the summer pay off college and pay for groceries and stuff like that so like that's really what I used my money for so I didn't have very much and like it got to the point where like I, when I needed money I would like ask like my parents hey can I have a little bit of money like to, to get gas and stuff like that like I didn't really spend anything but there'd be points where like I needed a little bit of money and I didn't have time for a job like that or I, I would have completely failed out like I wasn't that I'm not that smart so like me trying to have a job
job in balance engineering would have for sure failed out. So either way, my last semester, I started to pick up reselling. And that's when I first started buying. Think about it, I don't really have that much money anyway, so now how am I going to buy things to resell? So very, very sparingly would I buy. I would buy super cheap items and when you don't have a lot starting out, you're not going to just buy anything. You're going to really, really take small, small risks and throw a lot of darts, like more wide scale so that you're not just concentrating on a certain niche or something. You're trying to cover all your bases. And so that's what I did. And I did pretty well. I mean, I started to make money. I started to make decent money with it. And I think I made like one or two grand the first summer I did it, which is cool. So transitioning from that, we had sneakers and stuff kind of really become one of the things that I've started to go for sneakers and hypeware and then moved from that into really really popular high in demand items retail arbitrage and stuff like that and I started to make a lot more than I was just through doing random garage sales and random thrift stores and stuff so I've been doing that and I've grown my business considerably and there's times where I have a lot more than I thought I ever would to to run my business with and I started to get a little bit dicey with how I was spending I was not very I wasn't considering all the the variables whenever I was purchasing things and I was kind of just doing it on a whim, which is not any way to purchase. Like the more that I'm thinking about it and the more that I realize the way I buy things was really, really poor, um, it just was a bad way of doing it. Like there was no there was no rhyme or reason for some of the things that I bought. I bought them because somebody said in a group, hey, these are probably gonna sell well. I, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll get five and then they didn't end up selling or they tanked out or, or whatever. And over time you develop a bit of a sense for that. So some of it's good, some of it's bad, but I've noticed that in the past year I've continued to do some of that and it's bitten me more times than it's been good for me. And just thinking about some of these one-off items or some of these items that don't really have a ton of demand, but the, the allure is there because they could sell out, they could have high demand and a lot of them end up doing well. I'm not, not to say that they aren't, but some people put leads out there for an item that is maybe 200 bucks or maybe even less than that and ends up reselling for 400 bucks because it was super low key. Nobody even thought about it. And once it sold out because the stock was super low, people really wanted it. There was a huge fan base or a following behind it or something like that, that they really wanted to get the item. Okay, that stuff happens, but not nearly as often as the one to $200 item that completely doesn't sell out and doesn't make you any money. And now it's priced at 100 bucks instead of 200 bucks on eBay and you're losing 100 bucks an item. Okay, that stuff happens way more than not. And I found myself just buying on a whim more than just buying out of confidence. And so as I've been thinking about this more and more recently and going through my my store and my inventory and realizing that I have way too much that I don't even want anymore, like stuff that I if I could if I could like if I could re if I could take my entire store and sell every item in it and start fresh with just the money that I would get from that. I would do it in a heartbeat because it is it, the the knowledge I have now would be way more beneficial to start out with and have all that capital than just the inventory, less capital, and the knowledge because the capital is the, the limiting factor here. And so that's kind of what I've been thinking about and realizing that, hey, instead of just going and trying to try all these items, I, I have a pretty good idea of what I want to sell. I have a pretty good uh, taste for which items are going to sell well. Why don't I only buy the home runs? Why don't I only buy the items that are going to do well? The ones that I know will sell, the ones that I know I can sell, the ones I know I can get out of very easily if something were to go wrong. So let's say it starts to flood out. It's still a very in-demand item that I could sell at cost or right below and still not have any issues selling it out. And why don't I just do that? Why do I focus on trying to get these really low key flips that people are talking about or these leads that really aren't going to do that well or have a high risk to reward ratio where there probably is more risk associated with it than there is reward. So why would I do that? 
And I've kind of come to the conclusion that I'm not going to anymore. I'm going to keep buying items that do really well, items that are in high demand, and items that are going to absolutely sell extremely well for me. And those come up enough times a year where if I really focus on those items, the times that they come up, and then on the times where things are slower, maybe there's not that next item, that next high in demand item, I can continue to learn, that would probably be more beneficial than trying to fill the time gaps where there aren't those super high in demand items with just buying random crap. So that's kind of what I've been focusing on and it's probably going to work out a lot better. I mean, just thinking about some of the, the people who have made more money in the world than people know what to do with, it, it kind of, they focus on not just making money, but also not losing money. Like they're, they're very smart in the fact that they're not making very like uncalculated risks or guesses in what they're putting their money in. They have a good understanding of where to put their money and they do it with very, very like determined and they, they do it almost with poise where they go like, okay, I know, I know what I'm doing here. I know where I'm putting this and I know exactly why I'm putting my money where I'm putting it. And if it doesn't do X, Y, or Z in the next couple of months or in the next couple of weeks, I'm pulling it out, I'm getting my money back and I'm going and putting it somewhere else. Those sort of people are smart or I'm gonna sell out of all my inventory that I got that isn't doing well and keep things moving. Like those sort of people, when they have more money, they have a very good understanding of how not to lose it as well. Because if you give somebody a million bucks and a lot of people are just gonna go spend it and lose all that money. But if you give somebody who's a millionaire and, and knows how to make money and enjoys making money or even a billionaire a million dollars, they'll figure out how to make money with it and they won't just go spend it on like a new house, a new car, and random stuff that's going to depreciate immediately. And I find that those sort of people continue to make money with their money because they're using it wisely, they're spending it, and they're using it to work for them instead of working for the dollar. And that's the huge difference there. I mean, a lot of the times I'm doing a lot of guesswork, I'm just going based on a whim, I'm going on a gut feeling, and sometimes that works. It really does sometimes. I mean, especially if it's right before an item breaks like uh, swimming pools last year. A lot of people were having a feeling about swimming pools last year. They were saying, hey, these are gonna do well. I, I've been seeing a lot of people have demand for these. They've sold out at my Walmart. And this was really before places were shut down for the summer, beaches were shut down. This is before like everybody was like mobbing their Walmarts for pools and stuff like that. It was, it was way before all of that. And I went with my gut feeling. I said, okay, this makes sense. It, it, it would be the next thing. There's gonna be a lot of kids at home this summer and there's not gonna be many people going to the beach. So why don't we buy some pools? And I bought some pools and I made tremendous money on it and it was great. But that was a gut feeling because I had not very much like resale data to go off of. But that was based off of a very, very good assumption. But things that are a gut feeling that aren't based on something that I have a lot of intel about or something that I feel very strongly about, which is a lot of the items that I've bought in the past, I might as well just not buy those items anymore because it's not worth putting my money into and and letting it sit there for a year or, or even like months to a year without it selling. It, money's very, very, money's easy to make and it's easy to spend, but it's much easier to spend than it is to make. So just kind of keeping that stuff in mind and keeping that stuff in check is is one of the more important things that you can do as you as you move on and continue your reselling career. So. That is something that I have been working on doing and hopefully we'll be able to do going forward as as things move on and as I continue to build my business and hopefully grow it and things like that. So hopefully that helps you out. Hopefully that can be something that you, you work with and, and can help you out today. But that's kind of what I've been thinking about and that's what I've been changing with my business recently. So 
Anyway, I'm going to go. You guys have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll talk to you tomorrow with another podcast. Have a good one. Peace.